Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. This uh, series that we're in right now called Superpower is all about our source of influence. So lots of people are influencers. You go on YouTube and you see, you know, they're just pop up at every other video, it seems, nowadays. Um, That's what they call them, influencers. They're trying to influence you into buying their product or live a certain way. But Holy Spirit is our our source of influence. And so I want to just do something a little bit out of the norm uh, here. I guess this is, I started out in ministry as a children's pastor and youth pastor. And I just have this in me, okay? So we're just going to play a game, all right? We're going to play a game, all right? I'm sorry. That's what you got as a pastor. So I want to see if you can recognize uh, this voice, all right? So see if you can recognize this voice. Well, that's a very good question, and thank you for the thought. I I love what I do, and I'm very grateful. Dolly Parton. That's who it is, Dolly Parton. See if you can recognize this one. From now on, I'm quoting an open letter from God. Paul Harvey, that's who that is, all right? A lot of, a lot of you younger folks don't even know who, who Paul Harvey is. Uh, see if you can R2-D2, where are you? At last, where have you been? C-3PO, that's right, C-3PO. All right, see, can you recognize this one? I'll be back. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, all right? And then see if you can recognize this one. This is the last one. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored. Yep. Morgan Freeman. All right. So see how easy it is to pick up uh, people's, well, how, how do you know that without even seeing them? It's because they have such a distinct voice. Like, man, I'm telling you what, if I had Morgan Freeman's voice, uh, just incredible voice. But there's something about voices that, you know, the scripture says that we know the voice of the shepherd. Like we know his voice, but why is it that we live life so many times and Holy Spirit speaks to us, yet we don't recognize it? Man, I tell you what, I, I have people all the time that talk to me and, and they're like, man, I just wish I, I, could, I could hear Holy Spirit. And I'm like, man, hearing Holy Spirit is so easy. It is so easy. And, I'm, and they'll look at me like, yeah, you say that because you've been a... Well, I used to think that hearing Holy Spirit was not easy, but that's before I realized how he speaks, what method he speaks, what tone he speaks to me in. And one of the things, as we're, we're uh, going to go through this a little bit, uh, is that you'll have to understand that when um, the enemy speaks to you, many times he uses scripture. He used scripture with Jesus. And many times the enemy uses scripture. Not only will he use scripture, but he will, he will, um, he sounds like God. That the voice sounds the same. So you got to be really careful. And how, how do you, how do you know the difference between the two? And, you know, I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit today. Look at Acts chapter one, verse eight. It says, 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, us, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, uh, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And if you know anything about that, what Jesus is doing, uh, he was admonishing the people just like I was a little bit ago with the parents saying that, you know, if you want to influence your community, your community starts at your house. What Jesus is saying here is you're going to be my influences and you're going to start with concentric circles and you're going to start in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and the outer parts of the earth. We're going to start with our home first and then we can maybe go to our church or our job or our school or whatever, you know, community, whatever that looks like. But he says, you will be my witnesses. Now I want you to look at this real quick. My identity, that's the inside. That's who you really are. My identity, that's your soul. That's who you really are. Creates an image, that's the outside. That's what people see that influence others. My identity, the inside, creates an image, the outside, that influences others. What people see, what people hear from you, is going to influence others. Like, it doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter what your intentions are in your heart. It matters what people see and what, they, what people hear you say. It is not good for you or myself to have this kind of mantra that, you know, just do as I say do, not as I do. But many times that's how we live. No, you... you are projecting an image. You're projecting influence on people and you're doing it through the things you say and the things that you do. So let's say this together. Leave out the inside and outside, okay? My identity creates an image that influences others. This is one of our core values. We have seven core values that create the culture that we call Destiny Church and here's one that's very important to us. Our witness matters. Like your witness is what people see and how they hear you talk, how they see you act. Our witness as believers matter. Why? 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says this. You heard me say it last week. Man looks on the outward appearance. I can't see in your heart. I don't know your heart. The scripture says, know those who labor among you. What, it, what the scripture is basically saying is, hey, whoever's working among you in ministry, you really need to know that person. Like, I can't know you in a day, a week, a month. Like, I'm taking a huge risk on, you know, doing ministry or doing life or, or, or whatever. You don't know somebody. Man, Shay and I have been married for 35 years. We didn't know each other. We, we knew we were in love. We knew that we, you know, were infatuated with each other. We knew that we were attracted to each other. But I'm going to tell you what. Whenever I got that woman in that little old, I don't know, 600 square foot apartment that we were in in college, we got married and moved to college. And you, you put, uh, you know, a wildcat uh, and a tiger up in a, a little old 600 square foot apartment, man, you fixing to find out what each other is like. And, but I didn't know her. We don't know people. We have to get to know people. Because we don't know. We just know what we see on the outside. We don't know the heart behind it. 
But our witness matters. Scripture talks about this. It says, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's on the inside comes out eventually. I want you to look at this. So witness, the Greek word for uh, witness is martus. Martus for witness. Now, this is what witness is. One who bears witness to what has been seen and heard. And then it means martyr, which blows my mind. Like, that's what the Greeks, they would use the word for witness, the word for martyr, they would use the same word for it. Witnesses, think about this, witnesses, if you are not paying attention, you will miss a huge revelation right here. When I am a witness, I am a martyr for Christ. Oh my God. Revelation 12 11 says this, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb. You and I have nothing to do with that. We have nothing to do with the grace of God and the lamb, uh, the blood of the lamb that was shed for us. But we have something to do with the second part. And we overcame, they overcame, but it's us, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Like, we overcome by the things we talk about, by the things we say. When we're in a a hellish situation, do you join hell? Do you begin to partner with hell? No, you partner with the truth. You begin to make declarations over your life and your situation by, by declaring things over that situation. But here's what it says in Revelation 12, 11. It says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and listen to this, and they did not love their lives so much that they were willing to die, that they were not willing to die. For the cause of Christ. Man, what that's basically saying is, I decrease as you increase. What that's basically saying, I'm not, I'm not unwilling to die. I'm willing to die. My agenda is laid down. My, my, how I look uh, is laid down. You know, just a few minutes ago, I was laying right here in the floor, and for a snap second, snap second, this is, this is, I'm telling you how the enemy is, oh, he's just so dumb. But I'm telling you how he will try to manipulate you. And don't think that the enemy, I, I know we get into situations before and it's like, Lord, I just bind the devil and he can't come on our property and, you know, we bind him. I'm going to tell you what, the enemy's more powerful than you, than you think he is. And we can pray that, but some of y'all carry him in, him in here with y'all. And so, you know, you're welcome in this place. We welcome you. Well, whatever, when we welcome you, whatever, whatever you bring in with you is, we kind of give you indirect authority to bring stuff in. I'm laying right here on the floor and the enemy is uh, just for, for a second because I had to take captive. The enemy is like, do you know how ridiculous you look? Get up off the floor. People are not wanting this. People get up, get up, get up. And I'm just having to go, like, you know what I'm fixing to do? I'm just going into my prayer language because I'm fixing to eradicate this in my head, you know. For some of y'all religious people who ain't got there yet, you know, there's that. 
But I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to die to myself. I'm willing to die to my pride. I'm willing to look like, you know, I'll become more foolish than that. You know, because like, I'm not trying to impress anybody in this house. There's not a, pre- you, there's not a person in this house that you got enough money that I'm going to manipulate God to try to impress you. There's not somebody in this house that's politically, you know, affl- uh, 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 influential in the community that it's like, I want to get this person to come to our church. It, I'm telling you what, you know who I want to get to come to our church? Holy Ghost, I want him to come. I want him to be here. I want him to be right in the midst. And that's what it means when it says, you know, that that we are witnesses. We are his martyrs. We are, we are willing to allow ourselves to be assaulted by others. We are, we are willing to, to let people destroy our character. We are willing to let people, you know, just, just slander us yet we will not engage. If you just go, I don't remember where it's at in the book of Acts, what chapter, but if you'll just go and read the stoning of Stephen. Man, he, he didn't fight back. He sat there and he was a martyr. He was a witness. for. G- I, I want to go and look that up and see is the, is the word witness, if it's used there, if it's used for martyr if it's used there somewhere. I don't, I don't know that it is. I'm sorry, I'm having a sidebar conversation in my head with myself. But if you look at him, he stood firm in his faith. He's preaching the glory down. And he's like, oh my God, look, the heavens are, are opening up. God manifests him glory. Yet he still lost his life physically. But our witness matters. Man, where you are, can I just tell you, if, you, if you're not, like, like this is not a beat up the church kind of message, but I'm just telling you, if you ain't living it, if you ain't living this well, this is a message for, for you to wake up and say, hey man, will you, will you try to do a better job? Will you try to be a better uh, martyr for Jesus? Will you try to be a better witness for Jesus at your place of influence? I mean, and, and listen, I, I want you to think just for a minute, just for a minute. I'm going to walk through it in my mind, and as I'm walking through it, maybe you walk through it in yours. All right, where, where are all the places that I'm a witness? I'm a witness right now. I'm a witness in my house to my wife. I'm a witness to my friends from out of town. I'm a witness to this church. I'm a witness uh, when I go, uh, you know, share before a city council meeting. I'm a witness to our community. I'm a witness. I was a witness at another church to, uh, to hundreds of uh, teenagers at a uh, uh, chapel service this week. I'm a witness to our staff. I'm a witness. You know, I'm a witness all over the place. So think about all the places that, that you are an influence, that you are a witness. And just say, man, God, help me to be a better witness in those areas. All right, look at this. John chapter 16 says this about the Holy Spirit, verse 8. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness. So he's doing two things here, guys. He's convicting the world of sin and he's convicting uh, us of God's righteousness. That, that's important. He's convicting us of two different things, sin and righteousness. And I don't know about you, but when I was raised in church, I had this very negative idea of what conviction looked like. I didn't really fully understand conviction, so we need to look at what conviction is. And I would confuse conviction with condemnation. Well, the scripture says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
So when I'm walking in Christ, and if I ever feel uh, condemnation, something's wrong. And you got to know the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is condescending, it's beat you down, it's talked to you like you're a sorry dog and you'll never amount to anything and you suck as a Christian and like go ahead and just give it up. But conviction is different. The, the Greek word there is elejo, all right? And this is what it means. It means to rebuke, reprove, or admonish. We, we think in the church world that Holy Spirit never uh, speaks to us sternly. But there are times, man, if you are in relationship with God, that Holy Spirit, he, he ain't trying to be your little friend. Like he will, he will tell, stop that, stop that right now. Shut your mouth, shut your pie hole. Like you are fixing to ruin your influence. Like he'll, he'll, he'll rebuke you real quick. You know what I'm talking about. Like y'all do that to your kids. If you don't, maybe you should. But it's like, you know, you're in a place, you're in a place, and they start to show, and it's like, uh-uh, nope. You're not going to do that. I'll slap the taste out of your mouth. Stop it. Stop it right now. Reprove. All right, so rebuke. He'll rebuke us. He'll reprove us, which is basically correcting us. That's what, when it says, he convicts the world of sin, that's rebuke. He convicts us of God's righteousness, that's reprove. Reprove is just correcting us. And then he'll admonish us. Admonish is, is listen, admonish is not, you know, I tell you what, I'm blind. Admonish is there's a better way. There's a better way to do this, you know. And if, if your heart's not in the right place, you can receive that as a rebuke, but it's not. It's just a stating of the fact that there is a better way to do this. All right, I want you to look at this. John 16, 13 says, and when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So Holy Spirit is doing two things here. He's convicting and he's guiding. So look at this. Conviction is when Holy Spirit pulls me away from temptation and points me towards truth. All right. So two things are, are happening. He's, the scriptures we just read said that he convicts the world of sin. He's trying to pull you away from sin. And he's pointing you towards, right, uh, towards truth. And it says, and it convicts the world of God's righteousness. So two things Holy Spirit is doing. He pulls us away from temptation and he points us toward the truth. He pulls us away from destruction, things that would destroy us and points us towards our destiny where God intends for us to go. Let's say it together. Conviction is when Holy Spirit pulls me away from temptation and points me toward the truth. There are three superpowers that Holy Spirit gives us. Why do I say superpowers? Well, you know, because he says you will receive power. It's not natural power. It's supernatural. It's just a play on words. But I'm telling you what, we operate in the supernatural. So we got to use these gifts. So there's three supernatural powers, if you will, that Holy Spirit gives us. One is wisdom. One is wisdom. Listen, my friend, when she slinks up to you at the water cooler, I know we don't have those. It's a metaphor. When she slinks up to you at the water cooler in that little tight dress that, you know, and she begins to flirt with you, bro, 
Oh God, oh God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? If you don't know, then ask God. God, what do I do? I promise you, if, you if, if you're in a situation like that, and I'm just using this. We could use any numbers, but this is the one I'm using. All right? All right, so real quick. He said, run. <laughs> like those videos on YouTube, like, run. <laughs> All right, so this is what I'm going to ask you. Say it loud. But where did you get that? Where did you? All right, Joseph, that's right, that's right. Also, Proverbs tells us that if man, if young man, young man, young man, how do you stay pure? How do you stay pure? How do you keep your ways pure? You know, in the word, and then run, flee, flee, flee from that. All right, so here's the deal. If you're in a situation where it's like, dude, you know, you know, you know, you're fixing to get in trouble, you know, all right, why are we, why? Why are we talking about this? Why? Because my witness matters. My witness matters. My witness matters. You ask the Lord, God, what should I do in this situation? I promise you, God's going to answer you. God ain't going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I forgot where it was in the Bible. I mean, he's not. I promise you, many times when I'm in a situation like that and I ask the Lord for wisdom, God, what should I do in this situation? You know what he answers me back? Well, it, scripture, yeah, but this is how the Lord answers me. He's like, you know. Because I already hid it in my heart. And the reason, now I want y'all to think I'm meeting up with girls at the water cooler now. We ain't even got a, we ain't even got a water cooler in the church. I'm just saying what well, we do out front in the, I guess we do out in the front. But the point being, most of the time when I'm hesitating, I'm really deliberating whether I'm going to do it or not. But he gives me the superpower of wisdom. You know, I think it's in Corinthians chapter 12 where, where he begins to lay out the fruit, uh, the uh, gifts of the Spirit. And he'll, he'll give us wisdom. But James tells us, man, if you need wisdom, ask, ask our generous Father. Because he's got lots of wisdom. And he'll give it to you. So he gives us wisdom. If you're in a situation that you don't know what to do, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. If you don't have it, God still seems to, you're not hearing it. Find somebody else who's wise. Like, come on, there's got to be somebody in your life. I have many people in my life that I'm like, man, these people just have sage advice, sage wisdom. I'm going to go to them and I'm going to ask them. The second thing that he gives us is discernment. Discernment is a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12.10 says that he gives, he'll give someone else the ability to, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or another spirit. Basically, when I started this message out, I asked you, hey, wh- what about um, these voices? Can you recognize these voices? That's what discernment is. It's the ability to hear God and tell the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of God. They sound alike so many times. The enemy uses scripture. I had a guy to tell me, I've told this story before, but I had a guy to tell me one time, uh, and I knew his wife. I knew he was telling the truth. He said, man, she just beats me down, and she beats me down with scripture, and she tells me this, and I said, man, your wife is manipulating you. 
Now, I get it. Don't every wife do that. and Not every wife in the place is a manipulator. And there are guys who manipulate as well. But I told him, in this specific situation, your wife is manipulating you. And he said, but man, she uses scripture. And I said, you go home and tell her, Pastor Rife. And I said, you can tell her. And I said, I'm telling you, you can use my name. I said, you go home and tell her the next time she begins to try to manipulate you with scripture that Pastor Rife told me that Satan used scripture too to manipulate Jesus and he's like dude I'm not gonna do that (laughs) and I said it it's not trying to kick her in the gut it's the God honest truth the enemy uses scripture all the time to manipulate us look at this John 10, 27 says, my sheep know my voice. This is Jesus. He said, my sheep, my people, my children, my family knows my voice. I know them and they follow me. The thing about shepherds, if you'll do any study on that, the thing about shepherds, shepherds are not like herdsmen. You ever see them, you know, they're doing a cattle drive across the, you know, the plains. Where are they? They are behind driving. You know, ha! whipping them. Shepherd doesn't whip his sheep. The shepherd leads from the front and they just follow. Why do they follow? Because they know his voice. They know his voice. It goes on to read, if you want to read that later, uh, in, um, uh, I think that's John chapter 10. Uh, Oh yeah, John chapter 10, right there on the screen. Um, In John chapter 10, if you'll go through and read it, it's the, the whole section there on him talking about being the shepherd. How do we know the voice of the shepherd? Well, it's because you're with him often, all the time. In the natural, they're with that, that they, they don't put, you know, the sheep in this pasture with bird on Tuesday and they put them with another uh, group of folks on, you know, Thursday. No, they got bird. Bird is their pastor, uh, their, their shepherd. Shep- Poimane, shepherd, that's the Greek word for shepherd. It means pastor. They know his voice. They know the little calls. Whenever I would hunt with my dad, I know that's hard to believe, but I did used to hunt as I, when I grew up. Um, my dad would have these little things, and I'm like, how do they know what the, the dogs, how do they know? He would, he, would, he would have this thing, and he'd say, look for it, look for it. And I'm like, what? And those dogs, we'd get out of the truck, and they'd be, you know, sniffing around the ground, sniffing around the ground, and he'd go, look for it, look for it. And they'd be like, and they'd go. And I'm like, dad, what are you saying? And he said, I'm just telling them to look for it. Look for it. It didn't sound like look for it, but they knew what he meant. And when he said that, boom, they were gone. But I could say it. And it's like, it don't work. It don't work. Because it was a different voice. When we spend time with him, we'll know his voice. We will know his voice. But it's something you've got to spend time doing. Look at this sanctification. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, and we all beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. What same image? The same image, the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the glory of the Lord from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the Spirit is transforming us. Listen, in Sanctification is one of those things where sanctification is holiness. Um, It's a setting apart to be used by God. And when you and I come to Christ, 
If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, the old things have gone, the new has come. Right then, positionally, right then, positionally, in Christ, where I stand, I'm justified, I am sanctified, I'm made holy. But listen to this. The day after that, when I get up, I've got to make myself holy again. God already made me holy positionally, but I gotta keep this thing holy. You know what I'm saying? I gotta keep the body of God holy, the the temple of God, the scripture that we uh, shared last week. Don't you know that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? We've gotta keep the temple of God holy. How do we do that? Every day by protecting our witness. And Holy Spirit gives us these these weapons, these instruments, these tools, these superpowers, if you will, to help us keep our bodies holy. The image, the influence, holy, pure. He gives us wisdom to know what and what not to do. He gives us discernment to be able to hear the voice of the enemy when when he speaks. The enemy speaks to us or God speaks to us. He gives us sanctification, sanctification, the, the ability to regenerate ourselves, if you will. Listen to me. By the mercies of God, the scripture says in Lamentations that every day the mercies of the Lord are new. Now, why is that? Why is that? The mercies of the Lord for us are new. It's because God wants us to know, positionally, you're good in Christ, but you're gonna go out into the world. You're gonna get attitudes. You're gonna get all this stuff that's gonna begin to come against you and who you are. And I just want you to know that I'm gonna be there with you. I'm gonna speak wisdom to you. I'm gonna speak it through the Bible. I'm gonna speak it through your friends. I'm gonna speak it through you know songs that you listen to. I'm gonna speak it to you. I'm gonna speak wisdom. But also, I'm gonna speak to you directly and I'm gonna give you the ability for, for you to, the things that, that you hear. Listen, I'm telling you, I have had this to happen to me this week where the enemy comes to me and he's saying things and I'm beginning to feel guilty and condemned and I'm thinking, I really am, I'm thinking that God is saying this to me. And then I realize, wait, 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 wait. I'm feeling crappy here. I'm, I'm not feeling encouraged. I'm not feeling loved. I'm feeling like really, really, really crappy. And I realize, oh man, this whole time I've been listening to this voice and this is not the voice of God, my loving father. This is not a loving rebuke. This is not a loving reproof. This is not a loving admonishment from Holy Spirit. I am actually listening to the voice of the devil tear me down. Make me feel hopeless, less than, unworthy. You see what I'm saying? Hey, I ain't no novice Christian. I'm not an expert Christian either, but I've been in this thing for a long time. Do you understand how powerful our adversary the devil is? If he will do it to somebody who's been in the faith as long as me and some of you longer than me, like this is something we gotta be on our toes. Be sober, be vigilant, for he does walk about seeking whom he may devour, all right? So let's say this again. Conviction is when... Holy Spirit pulls me away from temptation and points me towards truth. Um, Melissa, would you come and play for me? Um, four ways, four ways that Holy Spirit convicts us. Four ways Holy Spirit convicts us. Number one, he cross-examines us. God is constantly watching us. He's constantly watching us. He's constantly watching us. Hear me now. Because you'll watch out, you'll hear this, and you'll think, 
Uh, yeah, he is watching us. Like, he's watching us like a hog. Do something wrong. I swear to myself. I'll squash you like a bug. I'll zap you. I'll fry you like a chicken. If when we look at it through that lens, no, man, Holy Spirit is not constantly watching over us in that, that mindset. That's the enemy. Holy Spirit is watching over us as a beloved father. That if there was a little toddler on this stage, you're not watching over. Just go ahead. Go ahead to the edge of the stage. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll push you off if you get too close to it. I hope you do fall off. No, he watches over his beloved and he's like, yeah, baby, no, you can't, no, you can't go that close to the edge now. Let me stay here and hold your hand. You see the difference? He watches over us because he loves us and he's trying to protect us. He cross-examines us, man. He's like, now, is that really the way that you want to handle that situation? Like, are those the best words to choose? Why don't you just sit down and think about it for a moment? That's what he does. He's, he's right there with us. Because what is his name? He is Holy Spirit, the advocate. That word paraclete means the helper, the counselor, the governor. You know, it's someone there that guides us and helps us. He cross-examines us. He confronts us with our sin. Listen. When we begin to venture off the path of righteousness, the path, the, the out of alignment with him, he will confront us and he'll, hey, 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 hey. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's not a nagging. It's a, it's a nudging. Hey, hey, I'm trying to pull you away from temptation. I'm trying to pull you away from that thing that will harm you, pull you away from destruction. I'm trying to pull you away from that and point you over here to a better way. He confronts us. There are times when he will confront us. And then if we continue to resist him, Holy Spirit will, will never, he will never, he will never go, well, I just, I'm just going to let you do your own thing for a little while, okay? No. Holy Spirit will confront us many times and it will be a in-your-face confrontation. And he will say to us, I have warned you. It starts sounding like your mama, doesn't it? I told you. And if I have to tell you again, you know, don't make me come down there, God said. But Holy Spirit will confront you. And he will say, I have, I have nudged you. I have pulled at you. I have prodded you. I have, I have spoken to you. I, you know this is not right. And if you continue to do that, God will confront us many times in a very forceful way. He corrects us with God's truth. But he's always, anytime the Holy Spirit has to confront you, he's gonna confront you and he's always gonna point you to righteousness. He's always gonna point you to a better way. And then the last thing is this. He challenges us to take, to, to change and he challenges us to take action. He challenges us to change when he, when he cross-examines us, he confronts us, or he, or he corrects us. Now, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, his famous words to her as he's finishing up his, his, his little mini-sermon to her is, now go and sin no more. Like, go and sin no more. That was a challenge to her. 
Like, hey, don't go back to the way you were living. Like you've had this revelation. Now go and sin no more. Go and, and be a doer of what, you know, we've been talking about. When he challenges us, he challenges us to change. And many times it's up to us. It's, he's not going to change us. He's, he changed us at regeneration. Now he's in the, uh, in, in the mode of speaking, counseling, advising, but the changing is up to you and me. He challenges us to take action sometimes. See, it's not all about pulling us away from uh, danger. It's not all about pulling us. Many times it's about pointing us in the right direction. Many times it, it, it's pointing us and Holy Spirit will convict you meaning he'll point you in the right direction when you'll be at the grocery store and God will give you a word for somebody. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And Holy Spirit will be like, come on. He'll just nudge us in that direction. He'll point us and he'll, he'll be like, this is what you need to say to this person. And so take action when Holy Spirit is, is calling you to step out and, and do something. Many times we think of conviction just as, a, oh, God's trying to keep something from me, you know, or, or whatever. No, many times he's, he's doing that. But many times he is pushing you kind of in a, in a direction or, or maybe I should say leading because uh, Holy Spirit doesn't push. He leads. He's leading us to do something, leading us to use our influence, leading. And I promise you, you, you oh, listen to me, friends. You gotta learn the difference between the voice of the enemy, the voice of shame, the voice of condemnation, the voice of lethargy and lackadaisicalness and laziness. God will give you a word for somebody and you are all of a sudden here. Dude, this is not the place for that. That woman doesn't need to hear that. She's going to think this is stupid. Like, you'll begin to hear those things. You'll begin to hear those things. Holy Spirit, is that your voice? Or is that the enemy's voice? Many times the enemy will be speaking to you, disguising himself as the voice of God because he doesn't want that woman. Man, she's had the hardest day of her life on the job today. She's just been told that, you know, we're fixing to lay off X number of people. She's living under a weight of how am I going to provide for my family? And I'm just ready for this shift to be ended because, you know, I'm going to have to go start looking for another job. And that word that you have for her could just be the sustenance that she needs to help her get through the shift and have some hope. So just be thinking about that when God gives you these words, all right? So here's how we can apply it, all right? Number one, ask Holy Spirit to increase his conviction in your life. What? What's number two? No, think about it. What if we asked Holy Spirit just right now? Now think about it before you ask. God, would you, would you increase your conviction in my life? Conviction that is like, God, ramp it up. If there are things in my life that need to be moved out because you're moving in, there are things you want to rearrange. Lord, increase the conviction in my life on that so that I can become more like you, so that I can experience you at a greater level, so that I can increase in Christ. Increase your conviction in my life that, Lord, if you have something you want to you lead me into a conversation with somebody or you want to, me to step out and do something, increase the conviction, Lord. Like, like, 
increase it, God, so that I won't, I won't allow all of these voices that tell me not to step out. God, increase your conviction. So what if we did that? Use your supernatural powers, wisdom, discernment, sanctification to do the right things. You're going to have opportunities. And listen to me, church. I'm not just talking about wild, buck-naked sin. Are you, are, are you listening to me? I, many times when we think about like sin, we're thinking about like, oh God, it's so, I'm telling you what, attitudes. Like it, it, it doesn't have to be way out there. Listen, I can guarantee you this. You ain't gonna have to worry about reading the news uh, of me of falling into some kind of huge, ugly, nasty, heinous sin. But I'm telling you what, I struggle with attitude. I struggle with a lot of things that, you know, that it's like the average person is like, no big deal. It's a big deal to me and it's a big deal to God. So, you know, use your supernatural powers when you are struggling in a particular area to say, God, give me wisdom. God, help me, you know, to operate. Let me sanctify myself through the mercy that you give me. Let me control myself, fruit of the Spirit. Let me be kind, fruit of the Spirit. Let me be good. Let me do the good thing here, fruit of the Spirit. All right? And then this is the last thing. Stop resisting Holy Spirit when He convicts you. There are times that I do this. There are times that I do this. And I do it in the positive and I do it in the negative. I, I don't like that about myself. I don't like that about myself. And you know how many times I will negotiate it away? I will negotiate it away because it's like, God, I'm just not a big sinner. <laughs> what? How s- s- terrible is that? I'm like, God, this isn't even a big thing. This isn't even a big thing. I negotiate. What I'm really doing is I'm resisting. You know, think about it as a child and a parent. Son, go pick up the toys in your room in a minute. Like, no, that didn't happen at our house. Our kids would try to do that. And it's like, in a minute and 10 minutes later, it's still in a minute. And we'd sit our little kids down and we would say, you understand when you, when, when you are doing this, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed, you, you, you are, you're intending on doing this, but you're not doing what mommy and daddy asked you to do. So I'm not going to sit here and beg you to go do what you're going to do. You're going to do it. Obedience is hearing the voice and acting on it. Yet here I am, almost 55 years old, and Jesus will tell me something, and I'll be like, in a minute. In a minute, Daddy. In a minute. Man, I just need to stop resisting Holy Spirit. And just do what the Father says, because it's for our good.